Just one sec, guys. Here's the espresso I made for you. Wow, Lee, so excited to try out your espresso. Who's that? What's up? What are you guys doing? I was just making a nice espresso. Would you like... No, Lee. You'll all have to try Death Wish coffee. Kurt, isn't that the world's strongest coffee? Fuck yes, it is. Oh, man. It tastes great. Just explosion of flavor in my mouth. When I try Death Wish coffee, it feels like Jesus Christ himself washing down my throat. But, Kurt, this is a lot of coffee. You must have spent a ton of money on it. And not just American dollars, but Canadian money. Fuck, no, I didn't. I used coupon code 3 Greeners and I got 10% off. You can too! <gasps> In a world of lame, nerdy podcasts, one, no three, and maybe sometimes more nerds, will rise to the challenge. We hold these studios accountable. We celebrate the amazing feats of cinema. We sometimes rage out. We are the Three Angry Nerds Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Three Angry Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, we've got Katie. How's it going, Katie? I'm surviving on nothing, but Fair. we're out here. We're here. And I think that's all that matters as of now. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> and then also with us, as always, is Alma. How's it going, Alma? Hi. I'm great. I've just seen this incredible movie that I'm going to tell you about. I'm, I'm doing great. Nice. Um, yeah, we're going to get to reviews in a bit. There's not a whole lot of news this week. It's a very quiet news week, but that's okay. It doesn't always have to be. Uh, but uh, first bit of news this week, Daredevil Born Again, the new Daredevil uh, Disney Plus series, is rumored to include White Tiger's MCU debut, uh, White Tiger is a Hispanic character who uh, has some summoning powers. It looks very similar to Black Panther from the images I've seen. Uh, and it's uh, rumored that Scream star Jenna Ortega is eyed for the role. I think this would be good. She's a good actor. Uh, she also was in the new Wednesday series that's either out or coming out soon. I can't quite remember if it's out yet, but, uh, yeah. Anyone else here a fan of Jenna Ortega? Excited for her to be in the MCU? Everybody's in the MCU. <laughs> yeah, eventually I'll be in the MCU. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who I'd play, but I would be in the MCU, for sure. You would be. Yeah. Put me as the new Black Panther. Oh, God, that would be terrible. Don't do that. Um, yeah, I also do Daredevil. I mean, shaping up quite well. Uh, it's, uh, I'm, a little, I'm a little weary about this one, because the Netflix series was so dark and gritty and like nothing like the MCU. And now they're bringing Daredevil back. And then when they did bring him in She-Hulk, that was just like, just what the fuck? What was what going on with this? So I'm a little concerned, but I'm hoping they can correct the course. And I don't know, find the right tone for Daredevil in the MCU. Because, yeah, it should be something. But not, like, I don't expect it to be like the Netflix show, but it also shouldn't be like She-Hulk either. So, yeah. 
Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean was supposed to get a female-led film starring Margaret Robbie. However, Variety is reporting that Disney has decided not to move forward with the project. That's disappointing. That would have been fun to watch. I don't know. What do you two think? Of course. I love Pirates of the Caribbean. But, I mean, we don't need another Pirates of the Caribbean the last one, if I have to be sincere, uh, pretty much sucked. So, I honestly don't yeah. remember what happened in any of them after like the second movie. Like I couldn't tell you <laughs> what happens in any of them. The first two were well. The first one was okay. Well, the first one was great. The second one was okay. And then again, I forget what happened. I think I went, took a date to the third movie, and then we didn't really watch the movie that much. So, um, yeah. that'll tell you all you need to know about the, those movies. But. Margaret Robbie's cool. I would have liked to see that. But I think Disney's also put a lot of money into those movies and they've not gotten a lot back. So I could see how they'd be trepidous to make a new movie if you're like, well, the last like five of these we've made, we've not made our money back. So maybe we should just not make one. But. All right. Uh, Silk Spider Society is coming to Amazon Prime. It's from the team that made the Spider-Verse movies. And, uh, yeah, Spider, well, not Spider-Man. It's, uh, Silk, a Spider-Man character, but, uh, coming to Amazon Prime. So that's interesting. We're getting a Sony-led Spider TV show. Awesome. I don't know if it means we're gonna get Spider-Man in it, but I kind of doubt it. But yeah, either of you would you uh, watch this? Check it out. Yeah, at least I will check it out. Nice. Okay. Um, James Gunn teases a Mr. Terrific project. Uh, James Gunn's now leading the team over at the dc side of things over at warner brothers discovery and uh yeah he just posted a picture of the dc character mr terrific and everyone was like oh my gosh we're getting something with mr terrific in it so but also too i wouldn't put it past james gunn to just do something like that to troll people so who knows who knows um but yeah, he's a character that hasn't quite appeared in too many, um, too many projects thus far. But I think in the terms of like the DC universe, he's like one of the most smartest characters in the universe. So we'll see where he pops up if he does. Uh, Henry Cavill, speaking of DC, has not signed any solo movie deal yet, even with the new DC studio bosses in charge being um, Peter Safran and James Gunn. So they still haven't signed him, which is very interesting because they made a big deal out of him coming back and getting his own movie again, and they still haven't signed a deal. So I don't know. I think some people have taken this as, well... You know, you're you're saying you want to make another movie with him. Well, why haven't you signed a deal yet? You would think you would do that first before you even announce a new movie. But tis the confusing nature of the new DC Warner Bros. Discovery. Uh, Joseph Quinn, who most people know from the new 
Quiet Place, or not the new Quiet Place, he's about to be in that. Uh, he was in Stranger Things. Um, he was uh, the character in that. I'm trying to remember what his name was in Stranger Things. Did either of you watch that? Stranger Things? Yeah. No. Okay. I'm trying to remember who he played in Stranger Things, but... The funny thing is, is when you look at this guy, he didn't look he doesn't look anything like his character in Stranger Things. They definitely put like some makeup on him. Oh, he played Eddie Munson. So that, I was trying to remember the name, it was blanking on me. But uh Yeah. He's uh joining the Quiet Place spinoff, which currently also stars Lupita Nyongo, who we last saw in Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. So Yeah. We'll see. I uh it's called A Quiet Place Day One. So I guess it might be a, like a prequel to A Quiet Place. Probably show a little bit of like how these silly little alien creatures came to be. Yeah. Uh, our co-founders of Grand Theft Auto once pitched, or what's pinched, pitched, sorry, a GTA movie that could have starred Eminem and would have been directed by Tony Scott. That would have been wild. I I would have liked to see that. But Eminem as a movie star, I'm not sure about that. But Tony Scott, he, he was a great director. So that would have been interesting to see. Uh, yeah, what, definitely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think, like, those movies, I mean, they're pretty much just crime crime drama comedy kind of right so they really do lend themselves to like being a movie too like i easily could see a gta movie uh quentin tarantino plans to shoot an eight-part series in 2023 so that's kind of funny um because this is supposed to be his last movie right yeah well i don't know if it's his like i'm like is this is his last project because he said he wasn't gonna he had one more movie left but now he's doing the show so does that like replace his oh, final movie yeah. or is that like is he still gonna do the final movie on top of this that's what i wonder oh that's right but even if this is his last project it's like if you got one um wish and you asked for eight wishes more you know yeah, he's wow. got like <laughs> like a whole series but well yeah more Quentin Tarantino stuff I'm not gonna complain <laughs> yeah uh I don't know if he's if they he's even said like what the show is about either but who's down here I yeah. use it for transportation of clothes oh Spark is here how's it going Spark Oh, Spark is here, but I don't think he said what the show is about either. But yeah, I haven't read. I haven't read anything about it either. Um, really pretty violent, <laughs> pretty Tarantinian. Yeah, he did do two episodes of the show CSI back in two thousand and five, and he also did an episode of ER in nineteen ninety nine. So he has directed TV before. 
Um, and then there is the Dust from Dust Till Dawn TV series, which he's kind of contributed to a little bit. But, like, yeah, I guess this would be, like, yeah. His, um... He also used... Sorry? He also used the footage, the extra footage that he had um, from The Hateful Eight to make a kind of series. I'm wondering if he'll make something kind of similar to that. Yeah, because, like, with that one, like, it was, like, a four-part series, too. It wasn't, like, a super mm -hmm. long series. It was basically, like, the movie broken into four parts. But, like, yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he would, like, take a project he already had and just do it again as a show. But, I don't know. I kind of feel like you could easily do a uh, do a show and just make it set in the universes that he likes to set them in. Um I was thinking too. You could easily do the. Uh, I know he was originally going to do the Vega Brothers, uh, because I think uh, there was Pulp Fiction and uh, the other movie he did, um, the Crime Caper, the one that had. Um, well, there's Michael Madsen in the one movie, and then John Travolta in the other, and they were. And it was basically later confirmed that they're brothers. And he was going to do some kind of, like, movie with that. So I'd be interested if he ever did, like, maybe that, like, a prequel with the two of them or something. Well, I didn't know that. Yeah. I'm trying to remember what, like... I'm trying to remember the movie, the name. Or the the name of the movie, but... Uh, Reservoir Dogs, that's it. So, yeah, basically... Okay. Yeah. So basically, like, Michael Madsen's character from Reservoir Dogs is, like, the brother of of John Travolta's character from Pulp Fiction. No way. That's so cool. Yeah. Cool. Hey, guys. Hey, Spark. How's it going? I'm good. Hi. Sorry I'm late. That's okay. We're almost done news. We got one last piece of news, and that's uh, Escape from New York. Reportedly getting... A, a remake with the directors of Scream uh, and Radio That's Silence at the home. Kurt Russell? Yeah. Okay, I saw that. Because yeah. it was Escape from LA and Escape from New York. Yeah. I, I'm thinking, like, why don't you uh, cast his uh, son, the guy that was um, in that terrible Captain America TV show that everyone tries to forget about? I, I, I do not know of that. Yeah, he was U.S. agent in um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Wyatt Russell. Cast him. He oh. Was... Yeah. Yeah. I thought you meant something older than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I... <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, he's uh, he's going to be in more stuff. That's yeah. what I'm saying. So. He was a good villain. Yeah. Yeah, I I th I was just thinking I'm like, oh, that would be easy. Like, literally just cast the son of the actor that was in the movies. There you go. Um, yeah, and apparently John Carpenter is involved. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see if it comes to fruition or not. I I like uh, I would wonder. Or, if uh, you do a reboot of that, like, you know, 
it's such an iconic movie for so many people that I'd be curious to see how, what they bring over and what they change from the first movie. But, uh, yeah. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to review some movies. And then, yeah. We'll be back in a sec. Hey, everybody. It's Curtis from the podcast. Letting you know that we're brought to you by Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime's got amazing content such as The Boys, The Expanse, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Goliath, and so much more. Don't have to take our word for it. Go try out a 30-day trial of the service. See if you like it. If you'll want to stick around, they've got low introductory rates for new users who sign up. And you're going to get a ton of other Amazon Prime benefits. So sign up today and check it out. Thank you for your time. All right, we're back. Yeah, this will probably be a shorter episode, which is okay. They don't all need to be long ones. Plus also, too, you know, it's like the nature of the beast. But depending on what we're reviewing or doing news on, it's like sometimes there's just not a lot. Of, so not much you can do about that. But what we can do is watch some great movies. And boy, oh boy, there's some good stuff coming to your tube of choice. Um. Disenchanted, the uh, new Disney Plus adaptation, uh, basically carries forward from the original Enchanted, which I didn't realize people had like such a huge affinity for this. <laughs> Not to be rude or anything, but I was like, um, I don't know. It just seemed like it wasn't quite. Uh, for me, it was never really like a big thing. I don't really remember this movie that much. I did remember watching it, but I was never like that big into it. But, uh, yeah, this, uh, movie kind of carries on from Enchanted and carries forward the characters from that, including Amy Adams and Patrick Dempsey, James Marsden, etc. Uh, and the big thing with this one is Giselle and Robert move to this town that's pretty much just like a picturesque uh town with uh various uh it looks like a basically like a princess fairyland town or fairy tale town and um yeah uh essentially the movie kind of shows uh Giselle kind of wanting to get back to a very kind of fantasy land but uh you know in doing so she kind of compromises a little bit on what her family wants because she gets a little selfish um yeah this movie was okay i i saw online there was a lot of hate for it i don't understand necessarily why there was hate for it not to necessarily let other people's reviews impact my own but I was just like, I don't, I don't understand the hate for this. Like, it wasn't bad. Uh, I think what really dragged it down for me a little bit was it did feel a little too long. It did feel like they let some of the actors really kind of let loose, which is fine. Like, it's okay to do, but... Um, yeah. Uh, it's... I think going to be a case where people who are really big fans of this one are probably not even going to really like this one too much just because I think they do some stuff with the characters not to spoil too much that really kind of I guess I don't know if you're expecting a certain thing out of this then you might get a little surprised with some of the choices they make with the characters and stuff um yeah 
I, I, I wasn't really that fond of the first one, and I was kind of curious to see what they would do with this one, and I think the direction they took was a little baffling. Although I do think, yeah, some of the performances were okay. And even though it went a, a tad too long, I think it's still okay uh, if you can go in with an open mind and kind of understand that you're basically watching Amy Adams uh, basically have full control over this. Because I think, like, she's a producer on this movie too. So she clearly, like, this was a passion project for her and she wanted to do it. And she had these ideas and... I kind of have a hard time knocking it because I'm like, okay, you had clearly had some stuff you wanted to do with this and she kind of was able to do them. And I can tell this is a passion project, even though it wasn't quite uh, what I would normally watch. Uh, it probably didn't quite live up to its potential, but still a little bit of a extra kudos for, for trying. So I'd give it like a seven out of 10. I don't think it's the best thing you're going to watch this year by any stretch, but yeah. I mean, if you're a fan of the first movie, uh, I'd be curious what you think of this one because it's definitely not what most people would probably be expecting. Okay, uh, Alma, why don't you let us know about Knives Out or Glass Onion and Knives Out story, I guess, is what they're technically calling it. Yeah, okay, I'm so excited to start. So, right off the bat, I want to say this is a 10 out of 10 film for oh, me. Wow. And this is. Yeah, and this is the first one that I give 10 out of 10 movie nerds. Yeah, it was pretty great. Um, you know when you finish a movie and you feel that you can have lived more? Um, that's kind of how Glass Onion made me feel. And so first of all, we have to keep in mind that Glass Onion works within its genre. So it's a murder mystery and it will like develop like that oh like uh, it doesn't doesn't really change much of what we expect but at the same time it plays a lot with details and i'm going to i'm going to get into it now so i will be very careful not to give any spoilers because the series is so well done like so tightly created that the the more you know about it, uh, kind of will ruin your experience. So, Glass Onion is a sequel to the 2017, I think, Knives Out. But you don't need to watch the first Knives Out to understand Glass Onion. Um, I don't want to tell much about the film, but about the characters. The movie plays a lot with its characters. It works with the stereotypes, but it subverts them, including Daniel Craig's character. I liked the first Knives Out, but I wasn't a total fun. Um, I felt that it was interesting, entertaining, but at the same time, a disguise for a political message. And this one kind of has the same idea. Uh, it has a message, but it criticizes a much broader aspect of society. Mm. Um, it kind of talks about what people are willing to do for money, modern power figures, even environmental issues. And I feel that it pretty much 
if not resolves, um, pretty much gets to talk about everything that it wants to talk about in a coherent way. It mocks and paradises modern tech genies, pop culture, even COVID. The movie is hilarious. However, it doesn't feel like one of those movies where the theme drives the plot. Rather, the theme grows organically from the plot. And it's a, it's a whole cinematic experience. It has an amazing mission scene, interesting camera movements that make the movie look pretty dynamic. The movie was about 2 hours 15 minutes and it felt like an hour. Like, I couldn't, I was so on the edge of my seat that I didn't even think about the time. Well, as I was saying, it's a whole cinematic experience. Um, I think that in a perfect world, Navsad, or at least in a fair world, Navsad will be nominated for at least editing and script and obviously the acting categories. Daniel Craig is amazing and so is the rest of the cast. But what makes the movie stand out, it's his editing. Besides from adding to the tone of the film, it also, as in the first Knives Out, replaced the scenes to show details that point in the direction of the murder. However, these details, this time, are much more on your face than the ones in the first film. Which is to, the, to this sense of coherentness that the movie has. I will not say that the movie got me off guard on every turn. I wouldn't say that it surprised me at every point. Um, I could solve the mystery some minutes before Craig's character, but that does not matter. What is amazing about the film is the way how everything is presented and revealed through images and um, narrative. I will say that the movie, within its genre, it's a masterpiece. I talked with another critic when the screening ended and he's a pretty place pleased too, but we weren't sure, both of us, we weren't sure about the ending. We didn't know how to feel about it. But now that I look at it in retrospective, I think the ending um, was the only really logical conclusion and, yeah, that the film could have. Okay. Nice. Um, yeah. The only thing that makes me sad, though, is that it will only be in theaters for one week and then it will launch on Netflix because this is a Netflix film. But I think it is totally worth it watching it in the big screen, on the big screen. If you can, please go do it. Um, it's the f best movie that, I, that I've seen 
the whole in the whole year and yeah uh i can't wait i know that they're gonna make another one for 2024 i think and i can't wait to see it nice cool we'll go check it out um yeah um cool and i've also seen the last season of dead to me which oh boy uh I know shows have a hard time ending things, but I uh, I was not a particular fan of this season and how they wrapped it up. Uh, oh boy, it was so Dead to Me season one and two. I think are both really good. They both had very sort of interesting narratives and they kind of kept it tight. Like it was very much like the characters they added were all in service of the story. And then for some reason in season three, they add a bunch of new characters and new conflicts and everything. And then it just made this convoluted mess. And then not only did they add all that, but it's the final season of the show. So they then have to wrap everything up by the end. And I'm going to, let's just say, I thought it was not well handled. Uh, certain narratives just get dropped off very unceremoniously. Um, there's a plot with like the Greek mafia throughout this uh, show in the season, and it just ends very unceremoniously. And I was like, okay, the, these are our an antagonistic force throughout the entire series, and yet it was dispatched in a way that was very unsatisfying. Um, I did like that ultimately the show kind of leaves you on like a theme of forgiveness and like forgiving uh, oneself for different things that maybe go on in our lives and happen to us in one way, shape or form. But uh, yeah, I also did kind of feel like it wasn't quite strong enough or really like kind of intrinsically kind of shown uh, in a way that was, was overly satisfying. I think I still like the characters and like a lot of the same kind of plot points, but I just think they really mishandled the everything else about this. So I don't know. As tough as this is, I'm going to give this a six out of 10. Um, I just, like, I think the show itself is probably closer to like an eight out of 10, but this final season just really dropped the ball and the ending just was really unsatisfying for me. So um yeah, I can't really say too much about spoilers without spoiling it, obviously. But yeah, dead to me. Not, I hate to say it's dead to me, but it is. Uh, pun pun intended. Um, and then next up is uh, Welcome to Chippendales, which is a new Disney Plus. Uh, I think if you're in the states, it's coming to Hulu. Um. And it's a series about, like, the rise and eventual fall of Chippendales, the uh, erotic male dancer uh, company. And, uh, yeah, very, very well shot. A lot of interesting, uh, I don't know, just things I never knew about Chippendales. And uh, it comes from the same team that worked on the... Uh, Pam and Tommy series for Hulu slash Disney Plus. So uh, very similar to that where it kind of shows that these people are not all perfect people. And they all have their problems. But uh, I think what makes it interesting is like 
it gets to a really absurd place eventually. And I mean, if you know what happens in real life, well, there you go. But I'm not going to spoil it because some people might not know and might want to go in blind. Uh, but as it gets to these things, it does become realistic why these people would make this, the decisions that they make. Um, and yeah, it gets uh, pretty crazy pretty quick. So um, yeah, Camille Nanjani, like this is a real turn for him. I mean, he's mostly known for playing comedic roles. And there, there's little, little spurts of comedy interspersed, but it's mostly dramatic. And I was actually very pleasantly surprised to see him in such a purely dramatic role um yeah i enjoy this quite a bit i'm gonna give it a nine out of ten it's hitting disney plus fairly soon um or in the canada i think in the u.s like i said i think it's hitting um uh hulu down there so yeah definitely would recommend you check that out i actually yeah first episode debuts november 22nd so two days from now so Check it out. Uh, it's really quite good. And I'm really... I didn't get all the episodes. That's the thing that I'm like, I just want to watch like the last few episodes because I'm just... I'm so addicted and I want to find out what happens next. So. Um, and then finally is Fleischman is in trouble. Uh, this is a dramedy, I guess you would say, from... Uh, the uh i don't know it starts jesse eisenberg and uh i it's basically the sum it up like he's recently divorced from claire danes and uh their divorce uh it was messy and uh she largely kind of relies on him and kind of leans on him and when he's looking after their kids uh she just disappears and leaves him with the kids so on top of balancing the kids, he's got to balance his work life, his uh, newly found freedom in dating. And then also, too, he's got to balance uh, work. And yeah, it's just a lot. Um, I did like this for the most part, although I guess for me, like some of the performances fell a little flat. Um, some characters and actors in this like really kind of shine through uh adam brody shows up in this he's great as always uh jesse eisenberg i actually did kind of eventually warm up to in this although the first few episodes it took me a little while to kind of see why he was cast in the role because he just really kind of seemed like a little out of place in the role um but i think what kind of ultimately comes through is like there's like a depth to the performances and everything that's going on and uh i think it doesn't quite come through in the first couple episodes few episodes but i think you eventually get into some really interesting stuff with the characters uh and yeah i'd give this like an eight out of ten it does take a little while to get going but once it does it is quite engaging um and yeah that's hitting disney plus slash hulu down in the states very soon uh, but I'm mostly here for the Adam Brody renaissance. I'm glad he's getting more stuff because he's just fantastic. Missed him and stuff. Okay. Uh, that's it for reviews. Let's take a quick break and then we're going to come back and talk about our movie club this week. The Duff.
All right, we're back. Nothing to recap because there's not really too many ongoing shows. I mean, we could recap Andor, but I haven't been keeping up with Andor, so <laughs> ain't happening anytime soon. I think that's the case with a lot of people. They are like, I want to check out Andor, but eventually. But I've heard it's good, so. Um, cool. Our movie club for this week is The Duff. Um, and, uh, yeah, Spark, you chose this movie. I'm guessing you've yeah. seen this before, right? Yes. Okay. Okay. Sure I have. Uh, and Katie, um, you watched this as well, right? Sorry, I'm back from the dead. Yes, I have. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay. Um, cool. Yes. Spark, what's this movie about? Uh, it's about a young lady in high school uh, who is friends with uh, two attractive uh, other women in high school, girls, and uh, it's come. it gets brought to her attention that she is seen as the gateway between the two better options, not as a full option herself. And she goes into a tailspin before reaching out to a popular guy to help her. And uh, hilarity ensues. <laughs> yeah. This reminded me a lot of that um, movie with Freddie Prince Jr. Where yeah. she's she, all that. She's all that. Yeah. Yep. I was it's like, very, it's very similar. Yeah. Which is not a, a diss or anything. I do think she's all that was better than this, but. Correct. It was just interesting because, like, the whole time I'm like, oh, she's clearly going to hook up with Robbie and Mel. Like, that's what they're leading towards, right? But yeah, it, it took them a little while to get there. But it um, did. And then at the end when she wins the, um, or when he wins the, the val not valedictorian, the. Mom King. Yeah. Or Homecoming King, excuse me, Homecoming. Yeah. I was like, that's it? You know, that's it? They're done. And then the movie, I. I was like, okay, I thought they were going to hook the two of them up, but no. And then all of a sudden, last minute, he's like, oh, I'm not going to go for the crown. I'm going to go for the girl. And I was like, oh, yeah. man, you got me. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I thought, I'm like, oh, there's no way it's going to happen now. You know? um, yeah, this is, this is a fun little movie. Uh, nice to see some good supporting uh, actors in this, like Ken Jeong. He's always hilarious. And then there was like, the, yeah. I forget the name of the actor, but the creepy teacher who was like, that's a 10 out of 10. And I'm like, this guy's a weirdo. Uh, Chris Wilde, I want to say, is his yeah. name. Yeah, I'm looking it up on IMDb now. Yeah, that, that was him. He was, he was just a little bit of a weird dude, but. Yeah. That was a very odd addition to the movie. I'm like, why, why is this here? It doesn't advance the story, and you didn't hint at any sort of grooming before, and that's also, like, I don't know, I just, stuff like, it, it, it adds to the charm of the movie to me, and, I like, kind of a negative, I don't know, I like that it shouldn't be there. Yeah. I think, well, yeah, exactly, like, it felt a little uncomfortable, but I guess that was kind of the point, so... Yeah. Katie, what did you think of the movie?
note we lost katie oh hello i'm here again sorry i think it's a great movie i do feel like i am the duff you know but yeah like yeah but it's it's i you said ken jong and i was like yes he's one of my favorites so anything with him is always good mm. and i i don't know if i would like i don't know if it's good enough for me to be like i want to see them make this again or something but it is a fun little watch nice. when you need something to watch <laughs> Fair. um yeah and the the lead in this, she was great too. I don't think I've seen her in too much. I looked that up, and mostly she does voice acting. It seems like nowadays, which not a knock. I'm just very surprised. I thought like she would be in more than this, but power to her. I also thought she would be in more than this. I like looked May what made up. It's like I don't even know who this is. Um, and she was in like Perks of Being a Wallflower, which I kind of remember. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I don't know what else um, I, I was interested when I recommended this because I, I think uh, age age wise this is a, a bit closer uh, so I, I was happy that you liked it because um, this is like the, the, the high school rom-com was kind of a, a staple of the late 90s and 2000s that's like literally what they built franchises off of uh, and then that kind of died and it's still dead to be honest like it's not you know yeah. moving the needle but it is nice to see them at least trying again um i don't, I don't think we're gonna get another crop of 10 things i hate about you and she's all that and american pie or like i, I think that kind of time period is, is is over but i do love you i'm always i'm a sucker for a coming of age story and when you mix the romance in there um, I think this this is a bit darker of a uh, high school rom-com. Like, not like Heather's, but like, it, it, people are, are, are mean in this movie. And they're mean for a while. And um, it's not light and fluffy. It is like lifelong trauma-inducing levels of... Uh, malicious behavior so i it is it is i that's partially why i picked it because it isn't just a normal high school rom-com like it's like they and they do give a bit of gravity which is nice right like they're yeah. not like oh who cares <laughs> everything's fine um and it takes her a while like you said to kind of get there which is realistic and the toby situation which like i thought he was just going to want to smash, which, like, I wasn't going to be mad at him for. Like, if a girl made a video like that about me, I would certainly at that age think, okay, here we go. Mm. Uh, so that they didn't go that angle was a fun surprise, but then that it went right back to the other um, Duff situation was like, oh, man, this is actually worse. <laughs> this is actually worse. Um, it is funny. It, it there's a lot of stuff that doesn't make sense and that's okay and i also i wouldn't strongly recommend this like there are 
within within just the high school kind of dark drama like the girl next door is similar very different reasons but the kind of mixing real life with uh high school hijinks they they do a, a much better job at it but it's still fun and it, it's still good to me and I, I think worth seeing yeah i like the actress actually like i know like i'm a big fan of gilmore girls and i know she sh- popped up in the revival and also that the creator of that show cast her in a lot of other stuff so it, like the, the funny thing is like i recognized her from that but even then like Bunheads, a show that she was on, like was very short lived. It just had like one season and died. And like Parenthood, uh, had a lot of Gilmore Girls actors and actresses in it, including her. But um, yeah, never really did too much. Um, but uh, yeah, I was I was like, oh, there's the Gilmore Girls connection there. Um, but yeah, cool. Uh. Katie, what would you give this uh, movie a score of? Like a 6.5, I think. Okay. I'll give it a 7.5 out of 10. Feels feels appropriate. What about you, Spark? Um, Yeah, I was going to go 7.25, 7.5. I think it's clearly above average, but you know, because there's so much better than it, you 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 can't go any any higher. But uh, this movie actually inspired me to go down a like high school rom com rabbit hole. So I'm gonna try and put out some content about that. Was, this is this has been fun. Yeah, I'm always a big fan of like the high school rom coms, and it's a good little subgenre. There's some really interesting stuff. Um, cool. Well, next week's movie club is a very far cry from anything related to <laughs> high school rom com. We're gonna watch uh, Ramble First Blood from 1982. Okay. Yeah. If you're in Canada, it's on Netflix. If you're in the U.S., it's on HBO Max. Cool. I've got it. Let's do it. Let's yeah. Let's get our first blood on. Arguably the most restrained of any of the Rambo movies because after the first one, they just go insane but the first one's got some interesting nuances to it so we'll talk about that next week but uh yeah until next time everybody bye for now